0: This will be my testimony.
1: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another Daily Grindhouse presents No Budget Nightmares. This is Mo. He's a bath film hating, while I skating all the while masturbatin'. That's, that's Mo Pawn, yeah. yeah. And with me, as always, is the one and only Doug Tilly. He's Doug bow, Tilly, bow, 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 number bow, one super guy. Bow, bow, bow.
0: Most of it's the beginning of a new era of the No Budget Nightmares podcast.
1: <laughs> what are we like? The New World Order.
0: That's it. We are the. We are the NWO. We are the. Uh, no I call Hollywood budget. Ho- I call Hulk Hogan. I'll be the blue guy. Oh no! Wait, I'm I'm a little off on this. But uh, we'll <laughs> we're going to be starting a new. Uh, A a new season, I guess you might even say Of No Budget Nightmares After our previous, the 30th episode Our previous episode Which was sort of like an anniversary episode An episode where I think a lot of what we've been talking about Up to this point sort of came to a head It was sort Mm. of like the end of that era And we're starting something new Something exciting Something... That was the sound I made That represents what we're going to be doing in the (laughs) future Exciting I'm excited So am I I'm an excitable person And this has got me super excited Because... People know what we do here We talk about uh, ultra low budget films We talk about no budget films Just like the title would imply And we talk about them in an excitable way And I think about what's upcoming For the next like a few episodes And I get, I just, I can't help myself
1: I just want to jump up and down We have got some very seriously exciting stuff Planned for people <laughs> I could tell how excited you are Mo Just from your voice That's right this is my exciting vo- my exciting voice, uh, and the you feedback can hear
0: me when I'm depressed. And the feedback through the 30th episode has been very positive. And everyone who's listening to this and hasn't heard it, go back and listen to that because have uh, the Mo- 29 before it and the 29 before it, maybe not in that order like some people, but uh, but certainly you want to check that out. A lot of work was went into it. Certainly, Mo, you put a ton of work into it, and uh, I think it, it really paid off. It's a great
1: episode, and they're all going to be great from now on. Well, it came out a week late. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how good it was. <laughs> yeah, we were we, we yeah, it took a lot of work. Um, you know, we got a lot of last minute additions in there as well and and it took a lot of time to uh, to put all that stuff together and you know, we had to wrangle up uh time for the two of us to talk to all the directors and actors who we spoke with. Real and, interviews. You know, by, yeah, like like real. voice interviews of us talking to people,
0: yeah. living
1: people. Well, it would have been much less interesting if they were dead. No, well, maybe that's the case. Though, as yeah. we can
0: see, sometimes when people have seances, odd things <laughs> can occur. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I like a good scene myself. Yeah,
0: I was actually... <laughs> Jesus Christ. That will make sense in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Mo? Yes? You could have a Big Dipper... <laughs> going up and down all around the bends. You could have a bumper car bumping. This amusement never ends. What yep. film will we be talking about on the thirty-first episode of No Budget Nightmares?
2: Sledgehammer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we will be discussing nineteen eighty three's Sledgehammer. Woo! Directed by David A. Pryor, uh, who also—I mean, fans of low-budget cinema are probably already aware, even if they don't know it, of David A. Pryor's work. Sure, sure. I mean, he went on to do lots of action films in the late '80s and early '90s. I think I know him best for Deadly Prey, which is like yeah, a, <laughs> which is such an amazing movie. Maybe we could even feature a Deadly Prey. It might be a little outside of our scope,
1: but it's such a fun movie. But I, but he... I wouldn't be opposed to doing that. I mean, and and uh, I mean, anytime you get. David Pryor and Ted Pryor together in a, in a film It's its usually gold It's magic It really is It's like <laughs> Chuck
0: and Aaron Norris Well, uh, I just want to make sure that it's very clear That if I refer to Pryor film today I don't mean a former film by David Pryor Though I might uh, In this case, we're just talking about the works of David A. Pryor You know, it's interesting that he went on to a legitimate career in filmmaking I mean, a lot of yep. his films went straight to video But he is, he is he, he's the real deal But he started... Making a shot on video One of the very first straight to video movies Ever Mm. Mm. Yeah (laughs) That was my agreement grumble (laughs) And Sledgehammer is uh, I mean I'll, I'll be honest with you I only saw it for the first time for this uh, and but this is a film that I had heard because of reputation for years and years, and it even has now a special edition DVD. I mean, this is a movie that that its reputation has grown since
1: uh, since its release in the early '80s. Well, this was the first this was the first film that um, that Intervision Corp put put out when they right. started doing those uh, those reissue like VHS reissues with Mondo, right. And, uh, yeah, I mean, and from what I remember, um, it sold out so fast that, I mean, I couldn't even get one. You know, like, it was gone in, like, an hour.
0: It's it's a great DVD because it has a commentary from David A. Pryor. And uh, and it's got some great special features anyway. But there's, a, there's an interview as a special feature with David A. Pryor, a video interview. And the best thing about it is that he cannot fucking believe... That anyone cares about this movie <laughs> 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 He he seems embarrassed To be talking about it He can't remember Like there's a part Where he's like uh, We were just trying To recreate one of them What are they called? The movies with Jason in them <laughs> 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 And he seems Like he seems Entirely uninterested When legitimately With that DVD That's more
1: direct interest That's been shown In his films than ha- Than probably any of his films Has ever received <laughs> Yeah with the exception of maybe, maybe. Well, no, no, no. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, there's a lot of internet interest for Deadly Prey, but right. I think I think with that DVD, that's the most that's the most work any any release of his has probably ever gotten.
0: And it, it's it's notable to mention. And I don't want to focus too much attention on Deadly Prey, which everyone should go check out. But he is uh, currently, I believe, in post production on the sequel to Deadly Prey, Deadliest Deadliest Prey, Prey. <laughs> with the return of his uh, brother Ted Pryor in the lead. That is going
1: to be amazing. <laughs> I'm super excited about that because I remember when um, I remember hearing about that uh, about them doing a Kickstarter page for that, but he didn't raise enough money for it. Right. So you know how it is with Kickstarter. If you don't raise enough money, you don't get the money. You know? Right. Um, and then uh, and then they did a they tried it again to raise the money, and the second time they made enough money for it, and uh, just just incredible that. <laughs> That, it's, that something like that is even coming to light Well, prior to Deadly Prey Boo And prior
0: to Killer Workout Which is another notable film that David A. Pryor made yeah. There was Sledgehammer A film that he made basically in his, uh, in his apartment With a bunch of uh, non-actors I mean, this is a story we hear again and again It's just that this is a kind of an inspirational story In the sense that he was able to turn uh, this, this no-budget film uh, which, by the way, uh, we should mention it, it. Even though it's shot on video, this is a movie that looks more like a movie as you would expect it to be than a lot of the films we cover on this podcast.
1: Absolutely, yeah. It, it was done it's with... really well. It's really well made for a shot on video project.
0: He obviously planned it out in advance. The shots make sense. The action generally makes sense. And when I say makes sense, I mean continuity wise, it makes sense and spatially yeah. it makes sense, which are things that we run into in terms of problems all the time. But there is also some really weird shit that takes place in Sledgehammer. Really yes. notably weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. He, he says he was just trying to recreate uh, A Friday the 13th style movie And at the beginning it seems like that Like at the beginning of the movie, the first 10-15 minutes It really does seem to be that sort of You know, uh, running through that formula But at some point things get really messed up <laughs> 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 And that's what makes this movie I mean, it's already okay Because it, it fits right in the middle of those Kind of slasher movies from the early 80s But there's just enough weirdness that comes through That you're like, there's something else going on here it has a a certain attitude to it it does it, it does have kind of a DIY attitude, yeah. but also aI don't give a fuck, we're just going to do this attitude i love i mean I love the idea that this main location that it takes place in, this big farmhouse, is just an apartment with a number of rooms, and they're going to make get as much use
1: out of these rooms as possible, and it works. Well the thing that the thing that I I get a kick out of is that there's one room in particular that it's obvious they're trying to play it off as two different rooms yep. and just shooting it from two different angles and I mean but they do such a good job with it that I mean it kind of takes you know somebody paying a re- like an unusual amount of attention to that um you know, for them, for somebody to really notice that I think they did a really great job with that uh, Me, if I tried something like that I would have failed miserably <laughs>
0: that's, that's the same room he, he lucked out a little bit because all the rooms are so kind of White and nondescript that yeah. <laughs> You can kind of get away with it And I guess that's by design The other stroke of genius in Sledgehammer Is that he has decided to make All of the characters entirely unlikable oh yeah <laughs> to the point where boy you just want to see them punished just because of how they are
1: they they're scumbags they're like, assholes in a way that's so believable too yeah yeah exactly like like uh, as i was watching this i was thinking to myself like this is these are the kind of people that i would have made fun of in high school you know I, these are the type of people who I, I who I mean who probably would have had a lot of friends, but but <laughs> I would have just ho- horribly made fun of them, you know, like these jock kind of you know manly men, asshole douchebags. They're total meatheads
0: too. Yeah, and it, to- it, it, they that like their whole life revolves around this kind of. They're, they're like bros,
1: except early eighty bros. <laughs> yeah, a bro still existed back then. They were just called dudes then. These dudes yeah. are yeah, dudes, and guys, they act I mean, like
2: dudes. <laughs> just
1: just guys, you know.
0: And even better, there's a you can get the impression from watching it that they were designed in the film to be likable and that you're not supposed to think of them in, as this kind of jerks and douchebags, but it's impossible to watch it and not think, "Why the fuck is he say, I don't know, balancing a beer can on his girlfriend's head?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get to that. We should probably talk about the movie. Yeah, let's get into it. <laughs> So Sledgehammer from nineteen eighty three. It actually begins with a great it's got like a title card, right?
1: Yeah. But it's not really a well, title it's, card. It's not a title card, it's more like uh uh like it was carved out of something. It's great, it's just like the three dimensional title. It's really fantastic. Like it's probably it's probably one of my one of my favorite maybe with the you know, I mean right up there with like holy moly. Right. You know, for for, for really well done title screens. Not that I'm saying Holy Moly was good with the title (laughs) screen. I'm just saying, like, I like the fact that it just wasn't some digitally produced, you know, shitty, um, you know, editing bay (laughs) title card, you know. Because in these shot on video films in the 80s in particular,
0: the the, the title cards and the closing credits always had that very
1: distinctive digital look to them. Yeah,
0: And this, I mean, this is a three-dimensional carving of the title, which then gets smashed with a sledgehammer.
1: Yeah, well I mean and even on t- and even before that happens uh th- it's like there's like they're like dripping blood on yeah. it and stuff and it's really kind of cool to watch, you know, like <laughs> the blood dripping down it. And then yeah, and then they smash the shit out of it and it gets like sort of freeze-framed and they dissolve into the into the actual story, which is I mean just a really clever way of doing it. Yeah. I and mean, I when you it. think that they probably only had one shot at that. Sure, absolutely. Aren't going to yeah. carve
0: that shit again. <laughs> Don't and it miss it. Good
1: too. That's the best part. Of you just
0: know good. that Ted Pryor is just off
1: screen with a sledgehammer. <laughs> yep. Fantastic. So we get. So we. I love how every time we get this this shot of the of the red house, it's always like this extended shot. Like I don't think I don't think there's a shot of that of that of the exterior of that house that's less than thirty seconds long. It's it it's long to the point of You can't
0: help but notice how long it is Exactly Which is, <laughs> which is just another one of those little touches Of of, of maybe a first time filmmaker But it also kind of makes this a little bit more unique In in kind of on the whole Because the film itself I mean this is a movie that just You know stumbles to 90 minutes But it doesn't I mean it, it builds momentum as it goes Yeah Yeah So it's like a farmhouse It's supposed to be in a valley It's sort of in the middle of nowhere uh, It's supposed to be at least remote enough that Uh, That it's not easy to get to or get out of Correct And what we get first is actually a a flashback It takes place ten years ago from the action And it's this mother and her son And they're arguing uh, Like it's a young boy Because she (laughs) This is kind of a strange thing for her to do She's cheating on her husband With this dude who is at this farmhouse with her yep. and, and her son is getting in the way he's, I guess he's, you know, probably asking his mother for attention like a son would <laughs> But because she is how she is, which is a total bitch She locks him in a closet <laughs> Brilliant Right, no more wire hangers He's going in the closet <laughs> so, so she goes back and, and rendezvous with her, her guy Who's just some kind of lecherous drunken dick and, uh, and he asks, actually, what happened to the kid
2: So what do you think? Sexy enough for you? What do I think? Damn. You look great. I know. Where's the kid? kid? Don't worry about the kid. Carry that little bastard.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Mother of the Year candidate right there. Oh, yeah. Now, we all know what's happening here. We've seen this in a dozen different films, uh, like Deep Red and stuff like that. This is setting up what's going to uh, be the antagonist of the film. Later and if I had to guess Oh is going- that what they were doing mm, I know It's pretty, it's <laughs> exciting <laughs> If I had to guess what was going to happen next And I don't have to because I've seen it but if I Had to guess I'd say that something was To
1: befall the mother and her lover Indeed and it does What happens Mo oh it's really fantastic mm-hmm. So they start uh, they start like slow Dancing <laughs> and uh, And all of a sudden from behind uh, The the Lover as he's called in the Titles um <laughs> gets a gets smacked from the, from the back. I called him Mr. Lover Lover Boombastic. <laughs> well, I'm I'm grown up so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> um yeah, so he so he takes one from the side of the head and it looks really fake, but it's but it's really but it's kind of done in like a slow motion as is sure. everything else in this movie. Oh, well, there's a lot of slow motion in there. <laughs> Ridiculous amounts of slow motion, but it's awesome. And so yeah, so he gets into the back of the head slow motion and then there's a really great uh shot from behind, uh, of him getting his head basically smashed in from from the back. Yes, um, and the the practical effects on that are really great. I, I mean, it was a really well done shot. Yeah, it was like exposed brain. And whatnot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I loved it.
0: And uh, and then the woman who is protesting uh, because she just saw that dude's head get. Slammered in Sure uh, She she was kind of Like going down on him Or was in the process of And uh, then she gets Sledgehammered uh, As well And you can see, you can see Blood splatter Blood all over the splatter
1: wall. On the wall Yeah Classic And then there's A freeze frame And <laughs> it, it kind of Fades to red In a very bizarre moment Yeah there's There's a lot of Really weird Freeze framing And oddly colored Dissolves I figure that there's Like you know You got all these Kind of effects That
0: are available On video He just decided sure. he's going to Use them all Particularly the slow motion
1: Yeah but, so but then we get a little title card. And says it's ten years later. Ten and, years later, and a van and a van kind of pulls up. A van of assholes. A van of assholes. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: made it. You actually made
2: it. <laughs>
1: That's what. That's the sound that assholes make when they arrive at a location. And the the guy who uh, I mean I know we we described all of these people as meatheads, but but mm-hmm. the guy who did that Tarzan yell is probably the biggest meathead uh, of the bunch. Is he's, he's a character named John who is
0: he looks kind of uh, like like a uh, like a football player. Type yeah, he guy. definitely.
1: Yeah, he definitely has like a football player type physique. Uh, and he's a uh, you know got a big beard and well
0: let's actually um, run them down the characters because we're going to be referring to them a lot anyway. Sure. There's John, who's the football player looking dude. Mm-hmm. There's Chuck, played by Ted Br- Pryor, and uh, he's he's referred to on the DVD as looking like uh, a white Carl Weathers, which <laughs> I think he looks really stiff. He's got I mean he's built. I mean he looks yeah. like He-Man almost, but uh, and spends a lot of time with his shirt off but he is ostensibly the hero of the film even though he is an asshole just like the rest of them he's the biggest asshole <laughs> then there's imo <laughs> then there's your favorite character jimmy uh, who looks all the world like an er- like an early 80s porn star he has the mustache and the curly
1: hair and yeah he, he looks like he looks like if um if oats went into porn <laughs>
0: Right from Holland Oates.
1: Yeah, <laughs> he
0: does look a lot like that. And then you have the nondescript Joey, who is just along for the ride and to be kind of a dick in the background. Exactly. He's just like a little guy, and they make fun of him for being little, and they call him hand sometimes. Yep. So that those are our characters. There's also three women.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. The only one of any real note that that's really of any importance in the film is Joni, who is Chuck's. Uh, much abused <laughs> girlfriend
0: John's girlfriend is Mary We don't get to learn much about her uh, Except that she somehow
1: puts up with John Who is the is, worst Was Oh they actually say her name Yeah Absolutely oh, I, I pay attention man I, I was paying attention too I didn't I never heard them say Like it was like 40 minutes into the film Before I even realized Like it wasn't until The point where where Like the whole Jimmy and Carol scene Happens That I even realized That her name was Carol
0: Yes Well Carol Like you just mentioned Is Jimmy's girlfriend And she is an interesting Character for a couple Of reasons And we'll get to her In just a little bit As well yeah. But those are the main Characters uh, Four guys Three girls They're all going for A nice vacation they're all. By the way, these characters—they're not like teenagers. They're like people in their mid twenties, late
1: twenties, that sort of age. I see. I took it as they as they were supposed to be like college aged. Really? I mean, they look fucking old. You know? Yeah, maybe. I guess. I mean, yeah, you know, m- i now that I'm mornings. as old
0: as I am, everyone looks old to me. <laughs> that's that's why I've run into trouble, Mo, as you well know. Uh, so we get some great music playing as they start to unpack their van.
2: Yeah. I'll see no, y'all on down. Sunday, and don't worry about your van. I'll have the transmission shifting gears better than a good woman on her honeymoon night. <laughs> wow.
0: <laughs> well, that's to suggest. By the way, there was someone who went along with them and is going to drive off with their van to get it fixed up. Uh That suggests that they have no way out of here, and that will become
1: important later. <laughs> which is actually another another interesting thing because like in a lot of these movies that we watch like they would never think to even add That's that. That's true. That's absolutely true. And you know?
0: it's a strange moment, but it does I mean at least it it kind of reinforces right at the beginning they are in a location that is hard to get to. It is not going to be easy to get out of there. Uh which at least somewhat explains some of the later events. Though yeah. there are question marks I have that I'm going to ask you
1: about Mo. Well, I mean Clearly you've been paying better attention than me So we'll, we'll see
0: how much
2: help
1: I can be on this one
0: Now, Joni and Chuck, who are a couple as we know Chuck being the uh, the kind of muscular dude they, You can tell right from the beginning that they're having trouble uh, That they're having some sort of argument And it's probably easy to understand why Joni might be in sort of a bad mood Because he is just... I mean, everything he says is dickish <laughs>
2: Now, come on. Promise me you're going to have a good time. And I mean it. I'm going to give you country nuggies. Come on. A little sweet and low, please. <laughs> promise me. Come on. come on. Come on. <laughs> promise. Right. promise. Now, that's my girl. Now, do me a favor, will you? Get this shit out of here. I got to get a beer.
1: <laughs> Our hero, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, at that moment, he basically... Uh... Practically knocks her over with a sleeping bag And he walks off in the other direction
0: <laughs> And it's supposed to be comical But since it's the first like uh, real sense of who his character is he, It just makes him look like a dick And it kind of gets reinforced with everything he does after that She's upset, by the way Because uh, they've been talking recently about uh, marriage And he was the one who suggested it And now he's gotten cold feet after their engagement And now he's not sure he wants to get married after Exactly all. Also, he's a complete fucking prick. He is a total douche, but not as big of a douche as John, who
1: who, who goes. He kind of uh, keeps an eye on the property. He starts looking <laughs> well, around. Hold on, right after right after that scene. Well, no, you're right. Yeah, John walks off and he's he's kind of like looking around. But uh, but I think right before they cut away to John, they show. Uh I think they show Chuck and Joni walking <laughs> yeah. like in, in slow motion to like this romantic music. It's and like he flute pulls music. he pulls her hair like like you a know, 12 year old. Yeah, yeah, he like pulls her hair and then like wraps his arm around her and it's like is he doing a fucking caveman? <laughs> like what <laughs> the fuck? That that montage of them walking in slow motion is is great anyway. It's got this flute
0: music playing in the background and they're moving <laughs> so slowly. <laughs> but it's to establish that they have some sort of romantic connection even though it's impossible to believe. Yeah. So yeah, but John goes and he go- finds a garage and he's going through the trash
1: for whatever reason. <laughs> And I think this is the first taste of the really well, maybe not. I think we get it at the beginning with the with the the killings, but um, but there's this ominous music that that keeps playing over and over again. Like anytime something you know that's supposed to be somewhat scary happens, yeah.
0: And it's great. I mean, to be honest, the soundtrack to this is great. It has a full real soundtrack again, yeah, a rarity yeah. in these in, in shot on video movies in particular. Oh yeah. So. We cut suddenly to everyone enjoying themselves inside the house A.K.A. inside the apartment Probably David Pryor's apartment Yeah. Uh, and the first thing we see is Chuck doing an impression of Bill Murray from Caddyshack Licensed by the United States of
2: America And the government for which we stand, something like that I forget how it goes man. I think it's time we get pretty shit-faced
1: Really bad. Yeah, I wish I wish my brother was making movies so I could pull out my shitty impressions. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would, uh, I would be. Yeah, he'd be like, you know, like if I had a brother and they were making films, he'd be like, hey, you know, do you do you do any shitty impressions? And I'd be like, yeah, I do Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> <laughs> so well, this is the first of. Uh, Crowd partying
0: scenes That take place in the movie Where it mostly involves The characters just kind of going Yeah! Woohoo! And like having a good time In quotation marks By doing Like drinking They're drinking They're fucking getting There's essentially
1: non The the drinking sort of Non-stop up into a certain point
0: Yeah That's right (laughs) And uh, we get uh, Light
1: homophobia
0: uh, We get a lot of Dickish. In fact, let's hear a little bit of that homophobia that John
1: manages to pull out.
2: You can ride side saddle on my horse the any day, snookums.
1: <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> You know, and then the funny thing is like watching John with his girlfriend, you almost kind of think maybe he's a closet homosexual anyway because I think there's like, an implication there, absolutely. Because he seriously has no idea how to how to kiss a woman. He licks <laughs> he licks her face. Yeah, cuz he basically just licks up and down the side of her face.
0: She tells a story later, and we can skip it when we get to it, but she mm. tells a story about how he comes to bed wearing a mask. Uh and they say, you know, how can you kiss him? And she goes, he's not wearing it on his face. Yeah. That is something else He is a weird <laughs> he, he, he also does weird things But anyway th- This is a really <laughs> This is a silly scene There's a part where Jimmy the, the guy who looks like the porn star He's drinking And he's leaning back in his chair And he drinks so much And he leans back so far He falls <laughs> over It's ridiculous It's very funny It's, it's very silly uh, But you gotta fill up that time somehow It's true <laughs> so uh, we do get a sense now about why Chuck and Joni are fighting They have a little talk together Joni's a little bit pissed off She's the most, uh, like you said, she's, she's the most notable of the women in the film Because she gets the most screen time And she's also the most capable as we get a sense of later on mm. And uh, after we get, now this, after this sort of character development We go right to the next day with Chuck playing an acoustic
1: guitar <laughs> And drinking beer
0: And drinking beer because why stop, right? They're having a good time yeah. Well, are you, are you the cops now. You're gonna tell me not to drink just because I'm on my vacation.
1: <laughs> the sign says, do hippie people." Um. <laughs> so then we then we uh, we kind of get to this point where they're all kind of like sitting around a table eating. And uh, and I, I, I didn't get I didn't get the beginning of the of the conversation, but it, but basically what ends up happening is I, I guess they they bet John that he can't like eat his sandwich in like one go. Oh
0: God, this is revolting.
1: It really is. It's he has really a
0: giant awful. sandwich. Yeah, he's going to eat it just in one big mouthful, and he's just going to keep pushing it into his mouth. Yeah, and he does. He does. It's revolting, and it, really it also is. it but it does transition into something very important. Yeah, it transitions into Chuck. Because he's a fucking
2: asshole. Because he's
1: such a nice guy. (laughs) Opening up a big thing of mustard and dumping it on his girlfriend's head. Just putting, just, yes, taking the entire bottle and just dumping it on Joni's head. Uh, Mo, I'm a married man. Yes. If
0: I was to take a bottle of anything, it wouldn't even have to be something as terrible. I mean, I love mustard. (laughs) Why, why, Why do I need to bring that up? But it wouldn't have to be something as harmful, theoretically, as mustard. If I dumped it on Jill's head... She would find the nearest sharp implement and just jab it into my neck. And not even stop. Like There there wouldn't even be regret afterwards. <laughs> no. She she just said no, but she's right. But she, he dumps the mustard on her head. Her response is to be kind of pissed, but her response is also that she's going to hit him in the face with a pie. Yeah, where'd the pie come from? Big pie. Yeah. And this turns into
1: a food fight, which, of course, there's a food fight in the movie. Yeah. There has to be a food fight, of course. (laughs) And, uh, which culminates with, uh, Chuck ending it because he's pissed off now. He's the one who started it. Yeah. But now he's pissed off about it. Hold it!
2: Everybody hold it! Right there! You start!
1: Yes, you, jag-off. <laughs> well, you Are these guys from Pennsylvania? <laughs> oh,
0: is that did they say jag off a they lot? They say jag off. Yeah, like throughout the entire movie. Well, I know they do in this movie. I didn't think anyone said the term jag off since like the 80s. Well, I mean, this is the 80s. Look, listeners, if you if you use the term if you call people jag offs on a regular basis, please write in and tell us
1: because Well, I, I think um oh uh, who oh who is it? Oh, uh, is it I think it's Tim Gross. Who is working on a on a, f- on a film that has the word jag off in the title. Hmm. I don't know if it's like jag off mountain or something like that. I call people jerk off sometimes. Yeah, but I well I just posted today on Twitter after after listening to this it reminded me that I want to I want to use the term jag off more often. All right, let's make that a part of the 2013 uh the new season of
0: yeah. No Budget Nightmares will be will start using jag off a little bit more often and to see if we can get that back into uh, parlance. Let's of make our it a time. thing. A thing It'll be one of our things One of our cute things Like the suburban Sasquatch noise Yeah Yeah
1: (laughs) I don't have that ready
0: (laughs) So uh, everyone decides That they're gonna get cleaned up Because they just had A fucking food fight And everyone got destroyed Uh, There's a part too Don't they like Put uh, peanut butter All over the guy's face I mean that's horrible Yeah Anyway, the girls all get together And uh, they have a little girl time And they talk about how uh, they all have You know, they have individual issues with their men We do find the key to Jimmy's character at this point And his relationship with Carol Jimmy, as you may remember, looks like Oates from Holland Oates And uh, no matter what Carol does She can't get Jimmy to be interested in her Physically
1: Yep Why do you think that is, Mo? Because she's revolting No, she's hot I'm kidding, I'm kidding She's Um, hot! I don't have notes on that, so I don't. She's know hot. Oh, whatever. <laughs> whatever, dude.
0: <laughs> By the way, while these women are talking, the guys are cleaning up, and Chuck tells this horrible story about like it's like a hitchhiker or someone picking him up when he's hitchhiking, and he talks about how he got he didn't get like a he got a throbber, he said, because this woman was so attractive, and there's I don't even know what the hell he was talking about. Do you know what I'm talking about here? No. Yeah, he's telling a story, and these guys are, like, leering over him like he's telling the funniest story in the world about taking his dick out, apparently. (laughs) Showing it to some woman, randomly. Uh, And there's also an implication, by the way, John says right out that he's cheating on his girlfriend. These are quality human beings that we're talking about right here. Um, Oh, he's just hanging brain. (laughs) That's right. That's exactly right. (laughs) So Jimmy goes to get a shower, uh, and uh, on his way there, he actually gets tricked because these are smart gentlemen by Joey who decides he's going to go up and get a shower instead but he's not planning on getting a shower you see mo he's actually going to trick <laughs> carol who is going to get a shower who goes in and undresses and gets ready to get in the shower and when she opens
1: yeah. up the shower what does she see she sees him pretending to have to have hung himself right she, she he says <laughs> This is my least favorite part of the movie. I, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just waiting for this part to be over. So we can <laughs>
0: I do love that he says boo. Yeah, <laughs> and she, "boo." she goes "boo." He goes, "I couldn't think of anything else to say." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you're right. So fuck all that. Yeah. They decide they're gonna par- later on. They're partying. You might notice nothing has happened yet. They were a half
1: hour in, except for that opening scene. They've just been partying since then. It's basically just been a non-stop, you know, drink fest uh, and a food fight.
0: Yeah, marginalization of women and homosexuals And just what you would do if you got together with your friends In the early 80s In the early 80s, of course So they're partying, but Chuck, he wants an end to it Because he has an idea for what they should do to have a little fun
2: Now we're going to have some real fun Hey, an orgy all right that's what
0: I'm waiting for <laughs> by the way if they were to have an orgy in this film it would be the dirtiest disgusting uh, most disgusting early 80s orgy you would ever
1: see it really would have been yeah <laughs> it would be like, so crazy like it, it, it would have and... been it would have been like like uh like a proto max hardcore film
0: <laughs> yeah you would feel dirty afterwards
1: there's no doubt been, yeah it would have been like degradation and like gaping assholes and shit like that <laughs> well, thank. <laughs> I think
0: that's the first time someone has said "gaping assholes" on the No Budget Nightmares podcast. I'm glad. It, I'm glad it was me. I was surprised. I thought one of those Gorno guys would have mentioned it on the last episode. <laughs> so uh, he does not want to have an orgy, despite how these characters look. They instead want to uh, Chuck wants to hold a seance He's gonna talk Like he says He's gonna talk to ghosts and goblins And raise the dead shit. <laughs> uh, and
1: shit And like the the best part about Chuck Suggesting a seance Is how much he doesn't seem like The type of guy who would suggest a seance Of course You know um, So like It's like, a yeah, good man I wanna, I, wanna, I, wanna, I wanna have a seance And of course John is so oblivious That he doesn't even know how to pronounce a seance Hey
0: You want to hold a scene? Go ahead, hold a scene.
2: It's a seance, stupid.
0: What? (laughs) Yes, he calls it a scene, which, I mean, that's
1: not even close. No. But John is stupid, as has been suggested and proven again and again. Yeah, and for the record, you know, I mean, we keep going on about how awful the the men are. The the women are, are are fairly repugnant too, as far you know, as far as character is concerned. Well, they don't really have much of a character. Yeah, I mean, he, she called him stupid, but he is stupid, so she has a right
0: to call him that. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> so they do have a seance And in the process of that seance Chuck tells a scary story And the scary story Which I didn't think that scary stories Were necessarily part of seances mm. But in this case it is He tells the story of what we watched At the beginning of the film And not only does he tell the story They show all the footage again <laughs> And then they do it again later Yeah, yeah, they're, uh, they're getting the most Out of that flashback But we under- you know, he tells them about how The eight-year-old son uh, Was tra- tra- trapped in the closet While the It was woman- R. Kelly yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> now it makes all now it makes all sorts of sense we get we get some more information like that the uh, no one knows who killed the couple. They suspected it might have been the woman's husband. I'm sure that's what we thought. uh-huh mm-hmm. <laughs> and no one ever saw the kid again. Uh-huh well, I wonder. <laughs> but uh <laughs> well, we don't find
1: that out until later. Though. Yes, yes, but who yeah. gives a shit? We all know what's <laughs> happening here <laughs> yeah, well, for a second for a, for a, a, a uh, like just a second. I thought maybe they were trying to set it up, um, that they were trying to set it up so that Chuck was the murderer. Yeah, I mean, that we're not, this isn't going for any sort of twist, believe me. The uh, twist, yeah. There is a
0: twist, actually, but the twist isn't in terms of the characters and who's responsible for what. No, no, the,
1: the big twist is that anybody's going to believe that the murderer was, it was only 18 years old. <laughs> Because the dude looks forty-five.
0: Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) But that we can explain that away when we try to work out the logic a little later on. Sure. But Chuck really lays it on thick when he tells this story. He talks about how they were brutally murdered right here in this house, right here in this room, Uh, and John actually gets a little freaked out by it.
1: Well, that's because that's because our good friend Joey is uh, is upstairs um, with a boombox, amping spooky sound effects and. and pre-recorded dialogue into the into the room that they're having the seance in.
0: Yes, that's exactly what happened. This—that's why the fact that Chuck looks like not the kind of person who would do a seance it would make you a little bit suspicious. Well, it should have because it yeah. was all a big con just to scare his friends.
1: Exactly, which I would th-
0: think immediately. That's the first thing I would think if he, if he yeah. suggested
1: that. And uh, and so then once the uh, you know I mean one, and, and, and and like we said he he really does. Ham it up once he starts the actual seance.
2: Spirits, I call upon you. <laughs>
1: Summon those spirits of those killed in this house so long ago and bring them on to me. Ted Prior acting. Rise,
2: spirits. Rise. Awaken on this night of vengeance and walk among the living. <laughs> this is a Rise song? and make yourself known to us here tonight. <laughs> I, on on Rise. <laughs>
1: I think that's a Glenn Danzig lyric there. <laughs> so,
0: yeah, so he... he that's... He, He really lays it on thick With the seance stuff Uh, You got Joey upstairs uh, Scaring the shit out of John But here's the thing Despite the fact that This seance was a load of bullshit It actually worked
1: There's a really great shot Where they show the lock on the closet and it's mm-hmm. locked. And then there's just a smash cut to to it being unlocked. Yeah. But but my favorite part about that is that it's one of those locks that you have to lift up and move over to uh-huh. do. So like it looks so weird. Yeah. Going so- from from locked to unlocked. Like it's such an unnatural transition. And we all and they also show like a a feet walking down
0: the steps carrying a sledgehammer so yeah. we know shit is going down. Shit's getting real, son. And in fact, the first, you know, 40 minutes or so It takes a while getting going But from here on out, things are about to get real Word Real Violent, in fact uh, The first one to um, face the vengeance of the Sledgehammer killer Would be Joey Uh-oh
1: Hand job himself <laughs> <laughs> And surprisingly enough, he doesn't get killed with a Sledgehammer Nope defying no. uh expectations as ever <laughs> joey gets <laughs> a fucking a, knife through the neck and, a I knife mean, and it's, right, it's fantastic.
0: It's great. It's right through the side of the neck, and what's and they really get great use of this because once the um, the killer pulls the body, he's pulling it from both sides of the knife, like yeah. around his neck. I, I that was I I think I wrote in my notes. Nice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I really I really I really like that how they how they used the knife to pull him to pull him away. Now the fact that Joey got that knife killed, gets us- usage later too. Yes, indeed it does. We'll talk about that uh, when it comes. <laughs>
0: Uh, so they're uh, all in the living room again. A little bit later, uh, of course, missing Joey. But no one seems to. No be one about even it. notices. Nope. And in fact, the séance is over. And despite the fact that there was the hint that there was a ghost talking to John, even mentioning that they want to drink his blood and whatnot, and freaking him out, he's kind of gotten over it in the time since then.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, they—they're they, making fun of him. At they this are point. making fun yeah. of him. That's right. <laughs> Bull! I was just playing along. Playing along, huh? This guy, yeah,
0: that's right, ass breath. <laughs> that's right, ass breath. That's right, <laughs> right jagoff. <laughs> but then Chuck reveals that the whole thing was a big joke. Indeed. What is their response to him telling them that? Uh, I'll let you know. They pour beer over him. That's right. Because that's what guys would do, bros. They're they're fucked. So I'm glad they're fucked at this point. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad that bad things are going to happen to them. Yeah. That's the thing. You say you know the women are kind of terrible too. Yes, but I really want to see something bad happen to these guys. I get that, and something bad will happen, as it should. By the way, these people who have drank nonstop and had a seance, their next step for party games is to play charades,
1: which is odd. Yeah, it's, I mean, seems you know, like it's a sort it's of fun. An odd choice. I Someone mean, I should guess... have brought a board game or something. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I <laughs> mean, it's the should... early '80s, so who knows? I mean, did, like, did was beer pong a thing back then? Maybe they could have played, uh, like in
0: uh, in Las Vegas bloodbath. They could have they played could, cards. Yeah, they could have played cards in their bikinis. Ooh, mm, I bet man. John would have looked good in a bikini. I'm thinking about it right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Joni uh, goes looking for Chuck because she's still a little upset about her whole situation. And uh, oh, and, and Jimmy and Carol—they also—they uh, kind of go off by themselves. They're all trying to have like sensitive conversations. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: and they have a conversation, and John says something incredibly inappropriate about where Joni is going.
1: Where Chuck is
2: going? Yeah, where Chuck. So try- probably picking up another scheme with Joey. <laughs> they have any sense of picking in on Jimmy and Carol? He doesn't have to do that for his thrills. I see to that. So that you get yours.
0: Some quality Joni acting just then. So yeah, real, she's th- she's looking for Chuck. John suggests that he's actually peeking in on Jimmy and Carol while they're having sex, and she goes, "He doesn't have to do that for his thrills." I see to that. <laughs> real natural uh, dialogue there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, but Chuck has actually gone off looking for Joey, uh, and when he finds the room where Joey was playing those uh, the audio clips from the boombox, he finds blood on the
1: tape player. Well yeah, it's funny. Um I mean like at, you know when he when he brings it up with somebody later he mentions how there was blood all over the floor, but you never actually see the blood all over the floor when he first discovers it. Like why does why does it take him touching the tape deck? To <laughs> yeah, realize if it was all over blood? the floor, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> this looks like Chris's blood. Oh. Um.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: why don't you take this? You are the master of unlocking. Oh, somebody gets that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, and we also understand, by the way, why Jimmy and Carol have been having trouble in their relationship.
1: Uh, do why, we? Why, Yeah, we do. They have y- a conversation. You're gonna have to, yeah, man. You know, my notes are so shit for this movie. Well, mine are very, very good. Good. You, then you, <laughs> you, you feel free to tell. <laughs> uh, and I've already written up a full-length review over at
0: <laughs> Um Carol and Jimmy... Have been having issues lately because Jimmy, uh, I mean, Carol basically is throwing herself at Jimmy. She even says that she's going to take her top off in front of everyone, but he will just not respond. And the reason is we discover
1: that Jimmy is a virgin, and he's really anxious about it. That's funny. That's funny that you would have such a porn star stash.
2: mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Playing with expectations. Yeah. (laughs) So they go up the fuck because
0: that's what's going to happen now. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> she's gonna walk him through that experience. By the way, the dude looks like he's got he's got to be like 30. <laughs> <laughs> thirty. Not 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 criticizing people out there because I mean, God knows our listenership. Who knows? He looks thirty five. Yeah, that's right. That stash uh, is that stash is not helping him out, out at all. <laughs> <laughs> so Joni goes to find Chuck, and uh, she finds him in the room with all the blood, and and he at first she thinks it's a big joke. What's going on? It's a continuation, but she sees that he's serious. Is very
1: serious, and
0: she thinks actually that maybe they should tell everybody. But he wants to uh, to look for Joey
1: before telling the others what's going on. Which kind of makes sense because you never yeah. know. I mean, if you know, Joey's a prankster. He's he is a hand job. He is a hand <laughs> job. So may, so maybe he might in actuality be out there someplace setting up another prank. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It makes sense. Absolutely. Uh, and while this is occurring, we do see Jimmy and Carol get it on. Yeah. Uh, we get to see. We almost get to see Jimmy's Jimmy. This is there's uh, some surprising glimpses of nudity in that in that shot, especially because he's on top and it's yeah. shot from the side. And there's a blanket covering sort of his back, but we see the whole side yeah. element of things. Yeah, it's explicit in a way that is completely inappropriate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean we get you know we get we get a, we get to see a little bit of the rug you know and, mm. and some side boob.
0: Yes, very
1: good uh, you, you've, you, just, you
0: explained that in a very sensitive way, Mo And yeah, I appreciate absolutely. that you know, ladies love me <laughs> Ladies L- love L-L- cool Mo cool <laughs> so the, But the door opens while they're making it And uh, someone in a mask comes in And who could it be? Ah, we'll get back to it in a minute <laughs> Because Joni's poking around Looking for things And she actually finds the closet The closet Where everything took place ten years ago mm. And she opens it and what happens? Um, oh, your shitty notes fail you again. Yeah, no. That, oh, <laughs> Joey, right? Yeah, Joey's body yeah. falls out. His fucking body fell out. <laughs> and at this point, Chuck, who was then was of course looking for Joey, well, now my that he's note, seen, his...
1: I'm looking into my notes and they're awful. Man. <laughs>
0: But Chuck, recognizing that this is the corpse of a friend of his, decides that now is the time to tell Jimmy and Carol, because he knows that they're making it, uh, about what's going on, and get everyone to safety, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 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 Just as he's saying this, they're both getting murdered with a sledgehammer.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, um, I I mean, I, I don't think he kills her with the sledgehammer, I think he like... Breaks her neck He does He breaks her neck yeah. And
0: it's a very strange thing Because Carol gets her neck broken And Jimmy's response I guess because he just got laid For the first time mm. Is he kind of just looks At what's happening And tilts his head Like a confused dog And, and then, then he starts he get, to sit up he, gets, he starts to sit up And it's a good thing he did Because he gets a sledgehammer Right in the
1: chest Right in the chest <laughs> And it collapses his chest cavity <laughs> I, Yeah I love um, and, and of course it's all entirely In slow motion hmm. You know but I like the way I like the way it's done. Like I like the way that they did the uh, the cut, you know, of of him, you know, like they lined it up pretty good, you know. It's almost this, it's almost smooth. This is a good time to talk about how
0: a sledgehammer is an extremely unwieldy weapon to use to murder people with. I have
1: a lot of history with sledgehammers. That I used, is an
0: interesting thing to hear a person
1: I, say. Well, I mean, <laughs> when I was a kid, it was it was my job to. Uh, Uh, We had a wood stove, you know, like, like our house was heated with wood. So it was my job throughout spring and summer to split, you know, to split all the wood for, for winter. Jesus Christ, uh, did you
0: grow up in the 1920s? No. I like to think that that, the movie, that your life was like Winter's Bone, like that movie. That's all. Never saw it. Okay. Well, those who have know what I'm
1: talking about. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so, uh, but we didn't split wood with an ax. We split it with a maul. Um, which is slightly different, and uh, and so sometimes you would like it would get stuck, and you'd have to hit the end of the mall with a sledgehammer to get to get it to go through. So I have a lot of experience with with sledgehammers, and you're absolutely right. They're you know they're they're not you know they're very like end heavy, and they don't exactly stop. When you swing them, you know, <laughs> unless they hit something,
0: yeah, they carry their own momentum with them. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. So it's not, it's you know, it, that just because, by the way, just because it's unwieldy, that doesn't make it a bad weapon for. This oh no, film. no, 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 <laughs> it, it, it works because that, then when the uh, the baddie, the sledgehammer killer, inevitably misses people with the sledgehammer, at least you can kind of understand why someone might be able to get out of the way of it. Yeah. So, she. Uh, so Joni, in this case, uh, she. Runs away from this room because she sees the, the killing happen. Uh, she sees Carol and and and, uh, and Jimmy get killed. She runs out and runs right into John, Chuck, and Mary, who are who are waiting in the hallway. Well, Dad, where'd you get that
2: in the room? Some crazy bastard used it to tear them to pieces. <laughs> I want <won> his ass.
0: <laughs> now that's John saying that cause, yeah. because Cause he when, found because he he finds. He finds the bodies. He and, goes in and looks at the bodies because she is, she, He doesn't believe her at first, yeah. so he goes in to look at them, and yeah, they're both dead. Yeah, some and crazy the sledgehammer best. is
1: sitting there against the wall. You know, I mean, which I understand why you would take it because obviously the sl- a sledgehammer is a better weapon than the you know than the table leg that he was wielding. <laughs> but uh, but at the same time, you know, that's the murder weapon. <laughs> you know, like I would like I'd be kind of I'd be kind of. Uh, uh, Worried about putting my fingerprints on a murder weapon. <laughs> well, I don't
0: think anything's going to happen to his witnesses. Well, yeah. oh oh. So this is a really interesting scene. This is where Chuck is established as sort of a, a stronger thinking character than John because this is the, the women don't have a vote in what's going to be happening for the rest of this. Chuck, Why would they? <laughs> in fact, Joni's kind of traumatized and rightfully so. So yeah. Chuck decides that what they should probably do. Is they all stay in the same room in the big living room area, and they're going to, you know, guard the doors. They'll wait until daybreak because it's only about three hours away, and then they'll hike down and try to find help. Which is actually not a bad plan. Probably the best possible plan under the circumstances. Everything, you know, covers a lot of the bases. John, however, he wants revenge immediately. Okay, I'll tell you what we'll do it your way. But if anything else happens, we hunt this sucker down and tear his head off. Damn right we do. <laughs> Damn right we do. So everyone is agreed on the plan. Anything else happens, they're going to try to kill him. Tempers are, are high. Indeed. <laughs> Here's the problem I have with what happens. <laughs> this is what I have to ask you about, Mo. Sure. Okay, murderer. I'm not calling you a murderer. I'm just mentioning that there's a murderer. You're in a, you're in a house. There's someone who has killed three of your friends in this house You have to stay up three hours until daylight <laughs> one, one of you is going to sit and guard the door Would you be able to sleep in that situation? No No, I don't think so Three hours? I can stay up three hours You know, yeah, even as, when I'm I mean, really especially,
1: especially since by that point your adrenaline would probably I mean, just the adrenaline boost alone would keep you up for three hours Not only do the three characters fall asleep but they fall even, asleep, like, instantaneously. Even John, whose one job was to not fall asleep, yeah. falls asleep. <laughs> you know, and of, and of course, needless to say, in the time that he falls asleep, uh, you know, the sledgehammer killer, who I've been calling sledge in my notes. Sledgy. Uh, you know, he comes in and takes the sledgehammer back. Yeah, he, he, so he wakes up and the sledgehammer's missing. So why doesn't he kill... The four sleeping people in the room. Then,
0: well, I mean, it, there could be any number of reasons, but the main one might be that he just wants to scare them terribly. I guess so. And and that I mean that worked. That would scare
1: me, of course. I, mean, I would Narratively have speaking, it makes no sense for him to do that. But I mean, like, if you were an actual killer and had an opportunity like that. I mean, you would take it, (laughs) I would assume Narratively, it doesn't make sense until we learn what we learn for the rest of the
0: film Which is basically, and we can reveal this right now This Sledgehammer killer, Sledge, is unkillable I mean, he's a supernatural force at this point Yeah So, it doesn't matter what they do to him He's He's not that concerned about leaving them alive to terrify them a little bit longer
1: Yeah there's a really great shot when because uh, when John John wakes up before everybody else does and he decides he's gonna <laughs> as go he on, should and, since yeah. he's the guard yeah and uh, <laughs> and he goes to the kitchen and uh, finds a knife and which just shows that there is a second entrance to this room that he wasn't guarding um <laughs> but uh, yeah so he goes to the kitchen he gets a, he gets a knife and he goes in search of you know Bigfoot and. uh... <laughs> The best of the, the, the rest of, you know, so he he goes upstairs and he's searching around and there is a shot done in super slow motion. It's 58 seconds long. I counted 50. <laughs> it's almost a full minute of him opening a door. Oh yeah. That's a slow open. <laughs> I mean, it's fantastic. I actually really enjoyed it. I liked the shot, but I'm I'm sitting there and I'm counting. You know, like I'm counting the timer on my uh on the 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 player, and I'm like, holy shit! I mean, it's 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 58 seconds long. What's and, great and it- the big reveal is like nothing. Like he opens it up and there's like and there's like a caved in skull and like some blood. It's such a weird thing because, like you said, he goes up and
0: he goes to explore. For some reason For some fucking ridiculous reason Well you know why Because he wants revenge Right Which is fair enough Yeah So he goes up with a knife And he vanishes He actually teleports into a room Yeah And he opens up that That door really slowly The the closet door And you're right Once he opens it And he looks into it He suddenly looks down And there's like an instantaneous shot Of the skull And something else Which you're right Is just some blood but it's impossible to tell what that other thing is. Yeah. I-, I was watching it and I was like, What what am I supposed to be seeing here? It just
1: looked like a bloody bag. You know, <laughs> yeah, and then there was some like blood on the ground under under the skull, but there was no blood on the skull at all. So we uh, he he
0: Turns around and uh, the corpses Of Jimmy and Carol have been s- They're sitting at a table behind him
1: Yeah, and there's like a pentacle on the wall And blood behind him Yes,
0: and there's a newspaper clipping In Jimmy's hand And John, because he is uh, a consulting detective And he uses the He uses powers of observation He he has figured out What we all figured out in the first five seconds So would that mean that he's John Holmes? That's Yes, he's John Holmes <laughs> Which is funny. Jimmy looks a little bit more like John Holmes, really.
2: Oh mercy! But
0: his moment of realization, he he states it out loud.
2: It's the kid.
0: It's the goddamn kid. Yes, the yeah, murderer is duh. the kid.
1: Unbelievable. Not something I say often, but duh. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, so the killer appears. He does. Yes, he wants John to know that who he is, I guess. And they have a little fight, but John is like a big fucking dude, and he, is he actually big... is more than a match for this guy.
1: Yeah, it's it's actually a pretty pretty interesting fight. Like he swings the um he swings the the sledgehammer at him, and John John basically just catches it. <laughs> yeah, and they yeah. fight,
0: and John actually gets the better of him. He stabs the the sledge sledgehammer guy <laughs> in the stomach. Yep. And, uh, and while this is happening, by the way, I guess Chuck and the girls, after
1: their nice little nap, decide that they're going to wake up and see what's going on upstairs. Yeah, they're going to go look for John. And, uh, and they find him. Yes. He's stumbling out from around a corner. And he falls down because he has been stabbed in the back. Stabbed in the back. Now, I don't know how. I guess that just kind of
0: happened. <laughs> that yeah. was the knife, I guess, you mentioned earlier. It's got another use.
1: Yeah. No, 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 I was talking about, um, well, I'll, I'll explain what I was talking about when we get to that scene It may, it may have happened already, I, maybe not, I don't remember Anyway, whatever, it's, uh, you, they, Joey, uh, one of the chicks opens up a door and Joey's like hanging up by a chain that's wrapped around oh, right. the, the knife in his neck Of course, okay, yeah. I knew what you were talking about So but Good for you <laughs> So John's
0: dead now, that's how he dies, with a knife in his back It's, it's not the the nicest Bastard! Son- yeah, Chuck is a little upset about what happened. <laughs> Chuck is Chuck is upset. His boyfriend <laughs> is dead. So Mary, who uh this Mary is is John's girlfriend, she runs forward cuz she is upset and she suddenly gets transported into the room from before as well. And Chuck is This is actually really great Chuck tries to break the door down And he hurls himself at the fucking door Again (laughs) and again It's really great actually It's it's amazing He's really giving it his best so now it should be noted that the sledge killer, in this case, when we see him he 's usually an adult, but every once in a while when a character sees the killer, it's in the form of a child wearing this he has sort of like this strange uh, transparent almost clown style mask that he we wears. should
1: a- We should also explain that um that we have about twenty five minutes left of the film at this point and uh, and this next audio clip is our last one because they're almost nothing. You know, other than just fight scenes happens for the rest of the film <laughs> Well, there's actually there's two clips left, right? Well, there's two No, no, no There's one clip left Oh, that's right There's one yeah. clip Now, this is an important clip This
0: is very important Yes so, so, Mary gets transported into this room And Chuck tries to break the door down And once they get into the room They discover that the kid is there And he's stabbing Mary He's just, like, stabbing her again and again This yeah. kid in this mask and, the, uh, Go ahead Yeah Okay, the kid then says something to them. Something. This kid. <laughs> it's hard to find a kid, right, to be in your horror movie. This sure. kid, whoever he was, is the worst. He's <laughs> entirely unintelligible. You can't understand what the. And we're, look, don't don't take my word for it. Let's 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 hear what the
1: kid has to say. Hi. I understood the last thing he said. I think he the said last I thing had he to said kill was her? she was a no well yeah he said I had to kill her she was a bad mommy. Yeah. But he I says it think... all in that monotone. Yeah. But he says he says it he says everything in this in this monotone that's almost the exact same pitch as the ominous music. So you have a really hard time there. Then there's an effect put on his vocals where yes. it's like almost like a like a echo or a chorus some kind of effect on his vocals so you can't really <laughs> you can't really hear what he's saying. But at some point in there, he says his name. Oh, really? Like, at the beginning, he says, my name is and then I don't understand anything he says until I had to kill her she was a bad mommy. Okay, I mean, it doesn't really matter. And of course, you have to
0: understand, listeners, that this audio has been extracted specifically for you to listen to. In the context of the movie, it's even worse. You just really can't understand what the hell is being
1: said. Yeah, he says something else after that, too, but again, I mean... like, And it doesn't help that he's wearing a mask. No, it doesn't. Uh, but what's what's particularly amusing is this is followed
0: by... Uh, Chuck attack, uh, trying to attack this child, grabbing his mask, but the kid fights him off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> sort of. It basically yeah. so, he so tries he to goes, punch goes, the kid.
1: He goes for the knife first, and it's supposed to be like the kid slices his hand. Yeah, and more. But in actuality, it's more like the kid standing there with the knife, and Chuck is an idiot. Yes. Um. Then Chuck, what does he do? Then he tries to he tries to punch him in the uh. Oh he he no! The, to the him off, right. and right. the kid slaps him. And then, and he, then tries he tries to, to punch him. Yeah. Then the he face. tries to punch him, and he hurts his hand. Yeah, yeah. And then the
0: <laughs> thankfully we've had enough of this child, and he fades. <laughs> he basically incredible hulks into a full size into the killer. adult version. Yeah. And uh, and there it's got like a it, the camera kind of pans up as it happens,
2: so yeah. it's like oh
0: he's getting bigger. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And uh, Chuck who up to this point has done absolutely nothing. That you would consider noble at all, probably yeah. in his entire life, uh, pushes Joni out of the door, out the door into the hallway, and shuts the door so he and the sledge killer can have a fight. And oh, what a fight it is! It's a it's a fight, all right. Yeah, not much of one. Um, this is the p- part, by the way. Joni runs downstairs and she finds uh, Joey's body hanging by the knife, like you mentioned. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so uh so basically the the fight goes like this. Uh sledge tries to hit Chuck, misses. Uh drops the sledgehammer. I think so, yeah. And then and then um and then we see a slow motion of sledge uh with his arms around Chuck by the by this on the sides, slamming him into the wall.
0: Yes. And then it cuts away from it and we're supposed to interpret that as him Killing. Being dead, being dead? Question mark. Nope. Hmm, maybe. So it's just going to be Joni versus the Sledge Killer. At this point, she's the only one left. She's the final girl, so to speak. Yeah, she is the Jamie Lee Curtis of the film. Yeah, if you want to put a name on it, I don't. <laughs> so he's chasing the the Sledge Killer is after her, and uh, she actually runs into a room, and she does something that's kind of clever. Uh, Surprisingly clever Surprisingly so She shows herself to be very capable She grabs a baseball bat that is there Which is great That's a good weapon to have Sure Actually a much better weapon than a sledgehammer Well I mean (laughs) the breakability factor is higher But yeah sure And uh, she opens a closet and takes out some sheets And she's turning them into a rope And putting it out the window But this is just a ruse Oh, clever, Joni! Yeah, it's clever. So when the killer comes in, he goes to the window, thinking that she tried to climb out of it. But she then we... whacks him in the back of the knee. She whacks him in the back of the knee with the baseball bat, and it's done really well. Of course, it's slow motion, but I think it actually there's real impact to it when she slams. Him oh, with without
1: it. a doubt. Yeah, I mean this is this is one of the very few moments in the film where the slow motion really helps right. the action. Um, I mean because because the action happens with her back to us, like it's kind of blocking you know the actual impact so you can't mm-hmm. see it but you know but it works you know she hits him in the back of, in the back of the knee he goes down she whacks him a couple of times on the back of the head and then she does something really stupid she tries to run for the window to actually climb out, climb out. yeah i know right you know instead of instead of doing what she should have done and run downstairs to leave right. You know, out the normal way I will say that, I gotta give her credit
0: She also, in slow motion, kicks him right in the nuts She does And that's pretty terrific That is a great <laughs> thing for her to do Though, she makes up for that bad decision that you just mentioned By uh, by actually running downstairs well, Actually, not downstairs She runs to the room where the um, Where Joey was killed Yeah And uh, Oh, that's she- right Yeah, 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 yeah Yeah, this is actually really cool what she does She she. She has the, the, the boom box and is that she what she fucking home alone him. Yeah, she home alones him. Yeah. She puts the cords around the uh around the, the knob and basically <laughs> plugs it in as soon as he starts to turn the knob to try to electrocute him.
1: You said knob.
0: <laughs> yeah. She, she well, he's turning his knob again and again. He's long, yanking long. on his knob as well. Yeah, so on. so
1: when he so when he grabs the knob, she starts to see the uh the, the, the knob turn and she puts the other wire on there and he gets jolted. Yeah, and then um, he, he
0: grabs his hand He runs out into the snow And, he, and we see that he has a, the impression of a knob on his hand <laughs> Get your shine box <laughs> I might be conflating a few movies here <laughs> You might be <laughs> but no, she electrocutes him. So she, you know, she she did the big double whammy, uh,
1: triple if you count the kick in the nuts. So she, and the, you know, yeah. And the amazing thing is, is that I mean, essentially, the second that she lets it go, he's in the room. Yeah, it doesn't really stop it does him, does him at all. Nothing to him,
0: <laughs> and he, he does. They they must have. And 1983, it's not bad. He he immediately smashes a television with
1: a sledgehammer. Yeah, she she seems to be the only one in this movie who can really like her and Chuck until you know. You know, he well he's gets, dead. He's Chuck is dead, so we don't have to think about but him. Anymore. That's what I was saying. Until he gets slammed against yeah, the wall. Yeah, but he's dead. Um, so, but they were the only two who seemed to have any talent in avoiding the sledgehammer. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> she yeah she, she she jumps out of the way. He 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 busts up a TV.
0: She runs off and she goes into the kitchen looking yeah. for a weapon. She has a really hard time finding a weapon, by the way. Yes, but she does find one. She finds a fucking butcher knife, a cleaver a cleaver. Okay. Whatever. I'll, I'll call it a butcher knife.
1: She chops him right. It's not a butcher knife. <laughs> I, don't <give> a <laughs> it's a cleaver. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but she chops him with this cleaver. Yeah, right in the uh, right in the shoulder. It does
0: nothing. Now, this by the way, let, let let let's let's focus on the fact that this guy can like this sledge cannot be murdered or killed in any way. He he's basically unkillable, and I think we've proven that at this point. Yeah. So, she, he pulls out the the uh, cleaver and he grabs for her. She runs off, but she gets knocked
1: down and she's kind of like backing away. Looks like she's fucked. She's Actually, about- the shot of her getting knocked down is 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 pretty great. Yeah, it is. Yeah, cuz they timed it really well of him swinging the uh swinging the uh It
0: looks like it's close, yeah.
1: Yeah, like like it, it almost looks like he like he caught her ankle. Yeah. You know, and like flipped her. It's well, a really, really cool looking shot.
0: Well, she's about to get crushed because she's laying back and he's got the sledgehammer and he's just about to kill her. And I'm pretty Whoa. sure... I can't remember what happens, but I think he does kill her. Is that right? Uh, no. What? Nope. What happens? Chuck comes back. Formerly dead Chuck Formally arrives? Formerly dead Chuck. He he doesn't have a shirt on now, by the way. <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> Ted, Ted Pryor never liked wearing shirts in those movies. <laughs> and the killer then proceeds to get punched again and again.
1: And it's actually, actually a really great shot where he where um where like uh, they they show it from within the mask.
0: Yeah, it's like a first-person shot. Yeah,
1: and Chuck uh, nails him with the uh, with the sledgehammer like right across the face, and it's it's really like brutal and and bloody and violent. And I, I love the next thing that happens where Chuck tackles him through the door. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: <laughs> and then he just keeps punching him. Yeah. And then he does what you should do in this situation. He grabs a
1: sledgehammer and he fucking slams him in the side of the head with it. Yeah, and he I messes mean, him up real good. Basically, caves in caves in the dude's face. I mean, yeah. oddly enough, doesn't break the mask, but uh, but does essentially cave in the dude's face. Um, yeah, and and that's it. He's fucked.
0: He's dead. No coming back from that. Obviously, mm. uh, and and uh, Chuck. And Joni, with a newfound respect, I'm going to guess that that Chuck is going to make her an honest woman and
1: marry her immediately after this ordeal. I'm going to say that uh, he's going to dump an entire jar of mayonnaise on her head next.
0: <laughs> I feel like like <laughs> he's about to put the, the ring on her to get married, and he just like balances a beer can on her head. While he's <laughs> <put it. laughs> so they're walking out of the door of the house, but we pan up to the window, and the child is watching. With the hammer. With the hammer That's dun, the best dun, part dun. Is that he's
1: got the hammer I want to see
0: Sledgehammer 2
1: Electric Boogaloo <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ Mo I can't not do that I don't know why It's just I've been doing that For so many years <laughs>
0: <laughs> By the way That's the end of the movie They walked out And of course there's a tease That the, the killer is still watching them mm. And that's the end And I have to say I had a great time With 1983 Sledgehammer
1: Oh Sledgehammer's fantastic Oh
0: it's a lot of fun I mean, It, it really is it fits kind of neatly into that slasher movie genre of the early 80s But, you know, it, it it provides exactly what it's supposed to It does build Its momentum actually increases as it goes along There's some violence There's a little bit of nudity Yeah, it's
1: actually a little bit of like a slow burn It
0: works Yeah, yeah. it does and, and and as we said at the beginning Unlike a lot of these shot-on video movies And even unlike uh, Blood Cult Which we, we covered a few episodes back this feels more like a movie than many of those movies did. Yeah. Because as you're watching this, at about you know after you get past the fact that it looks like a porno movie, because <laughs> any movie shot on video in the early '80s would look like that. Absolutely. Once you get past that, it starts. You know, it feels like a movie. The angles all look like movie angles. You know, the the characters,
1: the acting is really bad, but that's nothing new for a slasher movie. Yeah. Yeah. It 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 feels like a movie. I mean, but it but it's it, but it's things like that that make you understand why. David A. Pryor went on to do like more work, you know, absolutely. And, like I mean like like it's it's entirely understandable why he has the why he well it has he's still going um why he has the career that he has.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, just 1 year later, he shot the movie Kill Zone on 35mm. So, he obviously yeah. he, he was not he wasn't just gonna stick with making shot on video movies for the rest of and Killzone of his life. is awesome, yeah, he was just using this as yeah. a way to to show that he had the ability to make a film and then he got you know he used it as a way to sell himself yeah. and of course this movie got distribution as and well, it's a which it's is... a
1: rare thing it's it's a pretty rare thing to to have uh to have a film of this caliber of like this quality you know like shot on video yes, absolutely you know? it is yeah
0: uh and in fact it's a little surprising that a film. Well, even with these kind of meager resources That it wouldn't have been made on like 16mm Or something yeah, like that yeah, yeah. at the time uh, But but you know it, it has stood the test of time It has of course a special edition DVD Sledgehammer is A-OK Says Doug Tilly of Daily Grindhouse Presents No Budget Nightmares
1: <laughs> <laughs> It has the Mo seal of approval Oh that's good That's good to hear too Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: Put that on the next Blu-ray release Whenever that may occur Please, please do <laughs> But, uh, of course, David A. Pryor, like we said, he's went on to a pretty impressive career in, I mean, most of the movies, the action movies he made are not that great, but they, they really come from that sort of old school where you have, like, one or two recognizable names in it uh, in the cast, and then you have, like, kind of a regular, usually his brothers in there in yeah. some capacity, but, you know, like, Robert Davy will show up, or... Davi. Uh, Davi, is that how you pronounce yeah, it? Yeah, it's Robert Davi.
1: Davi? Haven't Davi. you ever heard the Projection Booth promo?
0: Apparently. Uh, not for a while. <laughs> he says his
1: own name in it, Robert Davi. No, I'm, pretty, yeah, sh- Davi. I'm pretty sure he's wrong. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, yeah, they usually have, like, like uh, Bridget Nielsen, isn't it? He even made a movie with Jan Michael Vincent, <laughs> of course. But, um, you know, he, he, he... Pre or post-accident. I, uh, I think it's post-accident. But, anyway, Ooh. this was a case where this uh, he went on to make... Notable straight-to-video movies all throughout the 90s, Yeah, and he's, and he's
1: continuing to work to this day. Yeah, and, the and, there's, fact nothing, that, and there's nothing wrong with straight-to-video no, action Absolutely, films. I mean, there, there's a lot of really great ones out there, and, and most of his are in that category. And I'm, I'm interested to see what he has upcoming, because... Uh, I'm dying to see what he does with Deadliest Prey. <laughs> well, he has a lot of work. I love that Ted Pryor is coming back To play his his same character again It's it's
0: amazing to think I mean, again, I I can't help but think of how he is In that interview on the DVD for Sledgehammer Where he just It's not that he seems disinterested necessarily Mm -hmm. It's that he just seems it's like it's like. How can I be expected to remember this shitty movie when I've made so many other shitty movies <laughs> exactly. that are much more notable? <laughs> exactly.
1: You know, at least more notable in his mind. I mean, yeah. You know, I mean, there's, there's, you know, there's a whole community out there for, for like uh, the no-budget filmmakers, and and this one always gets, uh, gets lauded as one of the as one of the best ones. We love it, Sledgehammer. We adore you,
0: and uh, and of really course, do. we do. And and we want to see more like this, I like also that we're delving more into the history of uh of no budget films uh We mentioned we had a little talk about this recently about the idea that we previously it's sort of just we, in terms of how we chose the films for this that we did it very very randomly, and it will occasionally dip back into that but it it's nice to go through some of the most notable ones from the history of the genre, if you can call it that sure and uh, and when you get lucky like this, we're getting lucky in Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it anybody <laughs> uh, Not the chickens I hear Anyway Wow <laughs> <laughs> Mo Holy shit <laughs> uh, Yes I, ca- I can't remember What the next order We usually talk about But I want to talk about What we're going to be covering On our next episode
1: Well we have to Because it's, it's such It's such an important film Oh boy This is going to be exciting
0: Like I said New season New focus New, new
1: levels of quality Indeed, would you like to tell the folks, or should I? I'll let you do it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up on the next no Bunch of Nightmares, we are delving, we're dipping our fingers back into that Todd Sheets pie, and uh, and we are going to be covering Goblin. Goblin. Todd I'm ex- Sheets. I'm excited Goblin. to watch Goblin because I actually haven't seen Goblin yet, so that's no, why I wanted to Neither I. Do it. This is a new one for me. Yeah. This is this is very.
0: This is extremely exciting for me. Now, Goblin is from nineteen ninety three. This was later era. I mean, we know that Todd Sheets has a new film coming up. In fact, the teaser is available over at the No Budget Nightmares fan page. Oh, it's but exciting, go- yeah. Goblin is from nineteen ninety three. I guess it's really kind of right in the middle of 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 quality Todd Sheets era. So,
1: well, it's cer- is- it's certainly within the realm of films that Todd Sheets uh, disavows knowledge of. <laughs> And Derek
0: Berner, who uh, we interviewed for the 30th episode, he's in this movie as well. So uh, maybe we can get some insight. But you know whose insight we really want? Mr. Sheets. Mr. Sheets. Mr. Sheets. Mr. Todd Sheets has uh, graciously given his mark of approval of our 30th episode. We we talked about it on and how we would have liked to have his uh, input and that we had reached out to him. Turns out he wants to give us his input, and we're going to get some. Gosh, we really hope we're going to get an interview for that episode with Todd Sheets. That would be he, fantastic. Yeah, and I think that we're going to really pursue that. If it doesn't, it's still going to happen. It's just a matter of when. Obviously, he's very busy making uh, making his newest film, House of Forbidden Secrets, I believe it's called. Yeah. Uh, and But we're going to make this happen. We're going
1: to bring the Sheets to the people. Yeah, I mean, and it's not like Goblin's going to be the last Todd Sheets film we cover. So I mean, whatever. He has a rich oeuvre that we're going to explore <laughs> in detail. A, he has a deep tapestry of films that we can enjoy
0: there's another thing i want to mention mo because i was so excited about that as well uh you might know that I'm a big fan of a film called Science Crazed <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah,
1: because you rarely talk about
0: it I love it uh, We talked about Science Crazed, uh, the Canadian film from 1991 or whenever uh, A few episodes ago And I've, I've just become somewhat obsessed with it I want everyone to see this movie Well, you and I both I mean, we both Oh yeah, I don't
2: mean about to talk about, it to about that It's
1: just me I just, yeah. I, just I won't stop talking about it Yeah, you definitely talk about it more than me But I will definitely mention it my fair share <laughs> Well,
0: we know that Science Crazed uh, Has gotten a bit of a reputation There are people who really love it And really want to see it kind of uh, embraced by, by people in the year 2013 It but should be the th-
1: next Best Worst Movie
0: Yeah, it really should It yeah. should be a movie that has that sort of reputation and, and it should be brought to the masses But the problem is They're having trouble uh, People who are <laughs> who wanted to be doing these screenings uh, Finding Ron Switzer The director of Science Crazed Now, Ron... Hopefully we hope is still with us And uh, we also hope that maybe he's still living in Ontario Perhaps in Toronto It's hard to track down these things Even though the movie uh, wasn't from that far away So listeners Mm. People, my people, your people, our people Let's try to track down Ron Switzer And let's get science craze brought to this new generation I'm part of the new generation
1: And you've got something to say
0: Pepsi is a choice of a new generation (laughs) Uh huh uh uh-huh. You got the right one, baby <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Anyway, science crazed Watch it and love it And track down Ron Switzer And send information
1: to Mo and ourselves And if they wanted to send information to us, Mo How would they go about that? Well, the best way mm. You know, if they want to send information to us They can send it to us on email uh-huh. The email? Electronic <laughs> mail? On the electronic superhighway mail uh, <laughs> Which they can send it to uh, No Budget Nightmares, DG As in Daily Grindhouse at gmail.com
0: Yeah, there's another email address, but we're not even going to mention it anymore Fuck them, <laughs> fuck, <with this>. fuck <laughs> it at this point No, but yeah, please send us an email We did get some responses, you might recall, in this previous episode So at this point, we can't even complain about it anymore
1: Yeah, well, I mean, hey You know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm much more interested in people, you know, helping us to track down uh, Mr. Switzer than uh than, Sending a shit in for some fucking Listener feedback episode
0: Yeah, that's right <laughs> You don't care, and I'm talking about you the listeners Don't care about what people have to say about us Except in our anniversary episode, of course mm. uh, So this, this is well, let's, let's do this Let's make this a, a project, we'll all get together in a couple of weeks And we see how we feel Science Crazed, 1991 Check it out, find Ron Switzer Hashtag <laughs> <laughs> That's, oh my god, we need to make that a thing <laughs> So if If They didn't want to email us. If they wanted to talk to us or keep track of us or stalk us in some more traditional way, how would they go about that?
1: Well, the easiest way is on Twitter. (laughs) Twitter. Um, (laughs) Ew. Ew. Um, I am at DrunkOnVHS. I am at Doug underscore Tilly. That's (laughs) T-I-L-L-E-Y. Yes, that's exactly right. Or you could also follow. I us always, on. I always lift. I always put my finger in the air whenever I do that. <laughs> like I don't know why. It's like it's not like anybody's like looking at me, but it's always <laughs> like i y. I'm sure.
0: I'm the sure air. there's a webcam somewhere in your room right now. Uh, but you could also keep track of the goings on of No Budget Nightmares.
1: Uh, in fact, on Facebook. That's right. So how could you do that, Mo? Because I uh, com slash uh, No Budget Nightmares. All one word. Uh, one word um or if you if you prefer a more interactive sort of social medium talk to us you can actually speak with us at yeah. Facebook.com slash groups slash No Budget Nightmares.
0: We have our own No Budget Nightmares group where people can talk about the films. They can talk about the latest no-budget purchases that they've made. Yeah. It's a great little discussion forum and a little celebration of the no-budget form as a whole. Yeah, or and it gives, you it, gives us, it gives us ideas, you know. Oh, it's great. I love it. Yeah. I love the, the contributions people have been making. Yeah. And let's make that one of the central hubs of our uh, search for Ron Switzer.
1: Indeed. Let's do it. Mo, you seen any good movies lately? Yeah, I did what? actually. I've been kind of obsessing on documentaries a lot lately. Yeah, I've been watching um, them too, man. You know, I mean, mostly because that's that sort of like you know, in the realm of filmmaking, that's sort of where my number one interest lies is is documentary filmmaking. So I've been kind of I've been kind of you know, watching a lot, seeing people's style, seeing you know, like I'm specifically kind of focusing on editing for the most part. Um, but I did I did spend uh, the day not too long ago. Um, I guess it would have been about three days ago. Uh, focusing on documentaries, kind of chronicling, you know, different aspects of the film industry. So I right. watched. So I watched three documentaries. Um, one was uh, *Cameraman: The Life of Jack Cardiff*. Oh, that's a great
0: one. Which was really great. Really, they, they spent a long time making that too.
1: Yeah, I mean, and it is. It's a really well-made documentary. Um, I mean, Jack Cardiff is an amazing cinematographer. I mean, just really incredible. Uh, and did shit with cameras that, I mean, I think most most shooters uh, these days wouldn't have any idea how to do in camera.
0: For, for those who haven't seen his Powell Pressburger films, I mean, those things are, I mean, they, they don't just hold up. They look better than anything
1: you'll see today. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Fuck digital. This dude, you know, <laughs> Jack Cardiff made made analog beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I watched. I watched. Um, uh the documentary great directors which i didn't really like too much to be honest right. with you i mean it was okay but you know i i just, i don't know i just it it didn't do for me what i what i was kind of hoping it would um but it was okay and then uh and then but the best of the three uh I, was a was a little documentary i watched called tales from the script right. which was all which was all about screenwriters and uh it screenwriting is one of those things that i kind of wish i could do like i'm right. just not you know I just can't do it I don't know why I just can't Sometimes
0: people's brains just don't work that way Yeah
1: exactly and my and mine definitely doesn't but um, but it was really really interesting and it was really kind of uh, kind of nice to have sort of a glimpse into the world of the people who write the films that we love
0: Absolutely That's yeah. great and I love I mean that's. I think all three of those films are available on Netflix if yep. anyone listening wants to check those out uh, and, and you're right I, that I'd probably put the priority on that Jack Cardiff one, but if you're interested
1: in screenwriting, I mean, Mm. go for it.
0: Yeah, I mean... Connect four... (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, the yeah, I mean, yeah, the 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 cameraman and Tales from the Script are are definitely the two to check out. I mean, if you want to watch the great directors one, watch it. I mean, it, there's some interesting factoids in there. And I mean, it, he's it not going to stop you. Mo's not going to stop you. Yeah, from I'm not going to come to your house and say hey, you don't watch this shit. You know, because <laughs> uh, I didn't think it was shit. I think I gave it like a B. You know, it's still it's still a pretty good score for uh, <laughs> you know for a for a film, especially the shit that I watch. Uh,
0: I actually watched some documentaries recently as well, Mo. Uh, I, I'm just going to talk about. Them very quickly I watched sure. the 2011 Documentary uh, that I think has been Distributed by uh, the Alamo Draft House films uh, is The Ambassador uh, And and that was a really fascinating documentary About uh, a Danish I guess he's sort of a comedian media personality Who uh, becomes a, An ambassador of an African nation hmm. uh, And tries to become a diamond smuggler Just to see how easy it can be And it's it's fascinating and Terrifying Unfortunately it's not Incredibly satisfying Particularly the ending Which just doesn't It doesn't go as far as I mean it goes far And probably further than Maybe you might even think Going in But once you're wrapped up in it You just want to see How far it can go So it doesn't go quite as As It doesn't get as as detailed As you might want But it's still really Fascinating to watch But I also watched 2012's The Queen of Versailles uh, Oh really? Yeah And that movie is If you hate People sometimes Like I do yeah, Because I have a lot of anger inside Well of that's,
1: one of, that's one of the main things that's been stopping me from watching it Because I know it'll just make me angry It, it can't help but
0: make you angry <laughs> <laughs> For those who don't know The Queen of Versailles is about a billionaire couple Who are trying to build what will be the largest house In all of North America but because of the financial crash a few years back, uh, they are unable to make that house and they have to cut corners in their lives a little bit. But of course, they are billionaires, so the way that they cut corners is slightly different than say how Mo or myself might cut corners
1: in those situations. Yeah, I was it, gonna say, when I need to cut corners when I need to cut corners I don't eat for a couple of days. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, when they want to, they go to McDonald's in a limousine and buy like dozens of Big Macs for their huge family. Wow. It is it, it is an an angering film It's hard not to be angry yeah. But it's also incredibly fascinating Because of the mental state Of the people that you encounter in it sure. And the way that they view the world it, it, it is like watching I mean it's like It's almost like going to a zoo And watching it you you, It's hard to believe That you're even the same species As the people that you're watching sometimes yeah. It's really something else But you're right It's very infuriating <laughs> <laughs> It's a difficult watch But it's, I think it is a valuable one Mo, if someone wanted to listen to you, are you going to be appearing on any other podcasts in the future?
1: Well, I mean, there's mine, um, which is Drunk on VHS. Mm. Uh, New new episode is going to be up, uh, well, this Wednesday, which is funny because this episode will be up on Thursday. So it'll be. So (laughs) yesterday, my new episode came up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that one will actually be with your um, uh, co-host, Ashley Montgomery. Uh, Also, super fan of this show. (laughs) Um, you know you 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 know Doug, you got to be careful who you you know. Oh, I know. Don't tell me with here. You know you might you (laughs) might get one of those uh, one of those, like a like a Mark Wahlberg sort of situation. What was that movie that 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 stalker movie that he was in? Oh, I know which
0: one it is, but I'm not going to help you out. Yeah, don't worry about it. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> you mean Ashley Montgomery, my co-host on the Above the Line podcast at that's Facebook.com that's slash right. the Above the Line podcast?
1: Yep. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, her and uh, and uh, the, the Wicker Bill, um, who was uh, previously co-host on the Traumatic Cinematic podcast, but they had a... Uh, a, uh, an interesting fallout. I, I didn't get into it on the. Uh, oh on wow! The
0: I love when that kind of stuff happens. No, yeah. oh, let's not let
1: that ever happen to us. No, no. Okay. But they, well, I, let's put it this way: I don't think either one of us quite, quite possesses the the skills required for that sort of thing to happen. Um, but yeah, so I mean, <laughs> I, I kind of wish I had gotten into that story, but I, I didn't have time. You know, by the time by the time I even thought about it, we were already like an hour and a half in. I was just I just wanted to end the episode, so. Um, but we talk about, uh, films that we're sort of ashamed that we hadn't seen yet. And, uh, and Ashley kind of dominates the episode because there's just so many, as yeah. we
0: know on the above the line podcast, Ashley is the academic and I'm the geek. Part of it is about introducing her to films that she yeah. hasn't seen before. Though that's, why next... she get,
1: that's why she gets the pass.
0: Absolutely. And our next episode, she's actually introducing me to a film I haven't seen before. American beauty. I've never seen it.
1: yeah. No. We'll see We'll see what we're Going to think that's about That's my that. opinion of it I mean You know But
0: Mo There's one other thing Before what? we finish up here We're both going to be Featured on a podcast In the near future Oh that's right That we're both uh, we're, We. It's actually A podcast I've been on Before uh, Some of us uh, Some listeners Might know of Mike Merriman's uh, Evil Episodes podcast Which we've both been on Yep And uh, we've Recently, semi-recently, uh, we've, there's been a spin-off of that podcast I think they're going with the Not So Evil po- Episodes podcast name Not my choice, but whatever No <laughs> The first episode uh, was a group effort where we covered all of the Rambo films But the, uh, the idea of the, uh, the podcast itself is to uh, have a group or, or at least two films Which have some sort of connecting theme And try to kind of compare and contrast, that sort of thing And what films are we going to be talking about on it?
1: So what would the theme be for ours like dysfunctional southern culture? Oh yeah, southern culture and the skids. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> but convert- also but also it's
0: it's man versus nature. Uh, uh okay. it's 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 about, you know, groups of men uh, coming to terms with uh, inner conflict. So I think uh, at this
1: I think at this point, you know, most people at least at least have a pretty good idea of what one of those films is going to be. Um, seeing as the other one's not quite as famous. Um. Yeah, we will be covering uh, Deliverance mm-hmm. and uh, and Southern Comfort, Southern Comfort, Walter Hill's Southern Comfort from 1982. This is
0: going to be a lot of fun. So keep your ears and eyes and other bits yeah. out for that. And
1: squeal like a pig.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Jesus, that's good. That sounds really accurate. To I'm one very good at like. squealing like a pig. <laughs> Let's so just well. take that audio clip out and just use it again. And again, and again. <laughs>
0: Mo, I'm exhausted.
1: Oh, fuck me!
0: What? I'm exhausted, Mo. Why? Because we're at the end of our very long podcast.
1: Hey, think about it this way. You know, it's it's probably like an hour shorter than uh than the last one was. Oh, right. But the last <laughs> one was a very special one. This one's only special because we're special. It's special because it's sledgehammer.
0: Sledgehammer. All right, I think that's enough. Okay, very good. <laughs> so timely. You got a finger on the trigger there, Mo. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I think we're done. Sledgehammer, goodbye. Hello, Goblin, coming up next. Huzzah.